0: As I was saying, it's very, very nice to be here with you all and to have so many friends. And also, this is being broadcast as satsang to all of our various centers and locations here in India. And so, welcome to all of those friends who are here virtually, but not in the physical form. So... As I said, we're going to speak about the spiritual law of magnetism and how to increase our spiritual magnetism. This is a very, very important subject and a very important one. I don't want to call it skill. It's a very important quality to develop. So the way that Master explained magnetism is this, that... In the beginning, before the creation of the world, before the manifestation outwardly, there's only God and God's consciousness. And that's a singularity, as Adi Shankar has said, it's composed of the qualities of existence, consciousness, and bliss, Sachidananda, And those qualities exist without any outward manifestation then God takes a part of that and in order to produce the world of manifestation there has to be polarity there has to be uh, duality otherwise as Master explained if you go to a movie and they show only white light on the screen you don't see anything if they only show darkness on the screen you don't see any movie. But it has to have both together, and that forms that duality, forms in a movie the appearance of of reality, but in this world also the appearance of reality. And so that duality is, in essence, God's unity, but now expressed in duality. And that duality has a positive pole and a negative pole. In the positive pole, it's God's consciousness because we're all an extension of him. It's God's consciousness and magnetism drawing us back into unity. But he also needs to keep... And the only way to do that is to have a duality, to have the opposite pole. And so there's a conscious force. can call it Satan, call it whatever you want. But there's a conscious force that is also trying to draw us into the consciousness of duality. And that conscious force wants to increase the sense of difference, the sense of separation, the sense of non-unity. So on one hand you've got the pull toward unity, on the other hand you've got the pull toward disunity or separation. Now that is expressed throughout the whole of the created universe. In the atomic structure, you've got the nucleus with a positive pole, the electrons with a negative charge, and that's what creates the physical universe, that atomic structure. You have within uh, human beings, you've got the the pull toward us becoming unified with God the the desire, the urge for divinity and you've got also the pull of this conscious force trying to pull us into separation through desire, through uh, negative emotions for us, the polarity is expressed in the system of the spine and the chakras at the base is the kundalini power that force wants to sleep it wants to pull us into separation at the spiritual eye in the thousand petal lotus is pure consciousness of God and that wants to draw us back and to a certain extent we can say that we're centered in our heart which becomes pivotal so according to what your desires are where your wish is You actually tune in to the direction or the magnetism of God pulling you toward unity, or you tune in to the downward direction of the conscious satanic force trying to pull you into disunity. And so these forces are at play. One could say they're at war within you. That's the whole story of the Gita that the kurvas and the Pandavas represent the upward pulling force with Krishna who represents the point between the eyebrows and divinity that Krishna and the Pandavas are trying to lift us up and the kurvas, Duryodhana masters called him King Material Desire and so King Material Desire is trying to pull us in a downward direction. So these two poles, all magnetism depends upon polarity, things having two poles. And so this polarity within us, spiritually speaking, one could say in the heart, according to the strength of our desire to be drawn up into that positive magnetism, the strength of that, the intensity of that desire creates a magnetic force. Why are we all sitting here this morning? We're sitting here because each and every one of us has a stronger or perhaps a weaker, but we all have a magnetic desire, an intention that we want to achieve self-realization. We want to love God. We want to move our consciousness in a spiritualized upward direction. And that creates a magnetism. And so we're all drawn by our own individual magnetism to find some place that responds in a positive way to that, that positive magnetism. And so... Maybe we search out to see where there might be some spiritual lecture. Master said, at the beginning of the journey, when we're relatively weak in that desire, we're attracted to good books. We're attracted to reading something. But we aren't ready yet to really live this way. Then he said, when the magnetism, when our desire gets more powerful powerful enough, then we're attracted to form a connection with the Guru. And it says in the scriptures that when the devotee is ready, the Guru will come to him. Well, what does it mean to be ready? It means that that desire for liberation has grown strong enough so that we're past the passive stage where we read a little bit or we watch a nice lecture and that's all we really the, the cup of our devotion is a thimble sized cup and easily filled by a little wheat book or a happy movie or a lecture but as that cup of our devotion gets bigger then we create a magnetic pole within us that draws the response from the divine So, as it says in the scriptures, when the devotee is ready, the guru will appear to him, be drawn to him. Swami Kriyananda one time was giving a lecture and he was talking about, I don't know whether it was magnetism or not, but in the lecture he mentioned that when the devotee is ready, the guru will come to him. At the very back, there was a large hall. At the very back of the hall was a young man who was wondering. He had, this was in America, he had spiritual inclinations. He had read about Satyasai Baba and was attracted. But he was wondering in his mind what should I do? Should I try to go to India? Is Satya Sai Baba my teacher and my guru? I don't know anyway, he was sitting in the back of this large hall, and around the hall were many pictures of different masters. He happened, I don't think he was even aware of it, to be sitting under the picture of Satya Sai Baba. As the moment that Swamiji said, when the devotee is ready, the guru will come to him, the picture fell off the wall and landed in his lap, upright. And he said, well maybe I should go the India. <laughs> but see, it's all due Master said everything, everything is due to the laws of magnetism. He said, for instance, and, and there are many laws which we you know we could give a whole course on this. We'll just touch on it. But a strong flow of energy creates a strong magnetic power. And it isn't just a simple positive or negative. A person can have strong business magnetism, meaning that they've put a lot of energy, a lot of concentration, maybe for lifetimes they've run businesses at a higher and higher level and tried to understand the principles of how to do that successfully. And so they have a strong magnetism around business. But they may have a weak magnetism around their spiritual life. Everybody has the desire within them because we all come from that positive polarity. We all have an urge to merge back to it. But in this businessman, hypothetical businessman, that desire is not very strong. Then in the same room is a man who has very powerful spiritual inclinations, but it's a failure in business. Every time he tries to do something, he loses his job or his business fails. Master said that the two of them should shake hands (laughs) consciously because the hands, think of the hands like this, it forms a, a horseshoe magnet and there is a physical and... Uh, intellectual energy that is exchanged between them, and the businessman will become more spiritual. The spiritual man will become more able in business, and they're consciously trying to draw, if they consciously try to draw those qualities, they'll draw them more potently. On the other hand, if there is a person who is very worldly, very has a lot of anger a lot of desires maybe he's an alcoholic you know but anyway a person who has aligned his discrimination with the downward pull into separation so I won't list all of those I don't want to <laughs> plant those qualities in your mind but you can imagine so we have on on one side a man who is powerfully drawn to king material desire. He's one of Duryodhana's soldiers. On the other side, we have a weak spiritual person who used to be that way, but now is trying to get out of those habits. Master said, absolutely, that weak spiritual person should not shake hands, he should not associate, he should stay away from Duryodhana's soldier, because Duryodhana's soldier is powerful and will defeat him in that spiritual battle. And so there's always this exchange. Everything has the polarity, as I said, all the way down to the very structure of the physical universe, the atomic structure. And so we're always exchanging magnetism. In fact, Master said that Dwapara-yuga, the age that we're in now, is the age of energy. Trita-yuga, which we will come to, is the age of magnetism. And those two are interrelated and interconnected, but now we're exploring all of the ways to work with electricity and energy. In the next stage, we'll explore the ways to work with, with magnetism, and in fact, in Trita Yuga, right now, we can chant the words of mantra, but there's not, for most people, not real power in that. But those words, those sound vibrations, have a powerful magnetism in them. In the higher age, that magnetism will become apparent, and we may be able to move, move stones with them. Swami said he feels that's how the, the um, pyramids were constructed, was through mantra and, and that uplifting power. So, okay. The magnetism of the electricity. See, I shouldn't have been talking about that. That drew the, the energy right into that phone. Okay. So, what we want to do as devotees, is do all of the things that we can to align our desires, align our thoughts, align our actions with that upward-moving power, moving in a positive direction toward the positive pole, and the most powerful way, remember I said that the two businessmen, uh, the, the two men had to shake hands? That's because they were exchanging on a physical level and it has to have physical contact. Mind level, it can be a little farther away. I'm sure you've experienced where you've been with somebody. You both start thinking about the same thing. And so the mental level has more power and can exchange that magnetism at a greater distance. But intuition and spiritual power has no limitation. That's why if you concentrate on the Guru or you concentrate on the light, you concentrate on positive qualities, that your intuition, your soul, purity, and discrimination comes into play and you can draw the blessings of the Guru out of the astral world. That's why we started chanting. Door of my heart, open wide I keep for thee. See how we're... Creating the magnetic pull through that desire and intention. Wilt thou come? Wilt thou come? Just for once, come to me. And so on. So we create that powerful force that draws the blessings of God and the Gurus, while at the same time it weakens the negative magnetism and that begins to dissipate and go away. then if we can not only draw that magnetism and blessing from the Guru, but even more importantly, to act as a channel to give that energy to others. Master said, We're, the devotee is blessed by that which flows through him." So give love, give support, give friendship, give joy, give light to the world around you And you become a powerful magnet to draw people in that upward direction. So these laws of magnetism are very important to understand and to apply in our life. And if we create the positive, powerful desire for God, Master said that it may take time it may take incarnations because God will test whether we really want to merge into unity or we still have those pulls toward the duality. But no matter what, if we keep at it, Divine Mother, God has to respond to our love. And she will, He will come and lift us up into the light of unity with Him.
1: Good morning everyone, everyone. thank you all for joining us, and as Jyotish said, those online, and also we want to say especially how much we appreciate our dear friends from Chennai who have traveled all the way to be here today with us. You know, I say this quite sincerely, I think for Jyotish and me, the most fulfilling, rewarding happiest experience we have in our lives is to share with our Muris here in India there's nothing like it it's such a meeting, a meeting of divine love and friendship and common purpose and it's it's a great joy really and we were expecting we would be speaking to you from America but I must project came up unexpectedly that drew us to India at this time, so we said, "We'll surprise everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here in person. So, well, you know, there are so many ways we can understand spiritual magnetism, and it really reflects different levels of spiritual maturity. In the beginning, when people begin meditating and learning about the energization exercises and master's principles, the greater the will, the greater the flow of energy, the greater the energy, the greater the magnetism. And we begin experiencing this within ourselves. We begin realizing, I have an enhanced ability to affect the world around me. And in the beginning, when we're still caught halfway between the Pandavas and the Kauravas, we said, oh, I can use this power. And Master speaks of this in Autobiography of the Yogi, people who use yogic powers for self-gain. And of course, this is a mistake, because you are it's like you've been given a beautiful key to unlock Gate with a beautiful garden inside, but you use that key to open the door to a pleasure palace instead of, and so you waste, you waste that key, and that's what these teachings are. These teachings are a key to unlock our ability to experience God within ourselves. And so, in the beginning, we can, and Swami Kriyananda would often joke. He said, how many times have I heard, oh, I have been meditating and God gave me a parking place or God gave me a new apartment or a good job. And and, and Swamiji said, that's, that's not what Master came to give us. He did not come to give us. These things may come, but if that's all we're seeking, then we're going off in a little that ends in desert sands, but if we get in the powerful current of God consciousness and what master really came to give us, then we can go very far. And so, as I say, the first level maybe we use this magnetism for gaining things in the world, but then after a while we think it's just a game. It's an ego game. I don't want these things. I want to use this, I want to feel that magnetism within me and direct it in the highest way I can. And so then the next step, and this is what Jyotish has been speaking of primarily, we use that magnetism to draw God to us. But again, this has to be done very purely. Not with any, I have seen people over the years meditating and they develop. I meditate many hours a day and I am spiritual. And you think maybe so. <laughs> I'm not so sure. But if we love God, not for anything he can give us, but solely for the beauty of loving God, there's a beautiful story. Some of you probably know uh, of the great saint, Indian saint, Lord uh, Chaitanya, was sitting with his disciples. And some of them began asking him, "Master," Master, will I find God? And he would say to one, Yes, you will find God in this lifetime. Or you will find God in two lifetimes. But there was one disciple that everyone recognized he was the, the closest to the guru. He uh, was so filled with humility and selflessness. And all the other disciples said, ask, ask the master, ask the master. He so, said, no, it, he'll tell me what I need to know. But then finally they kept pushing him. And he said, master, will I find God? And Chaitanya looked at him and said, yes, you will find God in a hundred lifetimes. And everyone gasped, because they thought, this is the closest, the most advanced. And while they were kind of being a little bit surprised among themselves, and maybe a little bit, oh, I won't find him in one lifetime. I'm better than him. They noticed that this man quietly slipped out of the room and was up on the porch. He was dancing and singing. And they went out and they said, they said, Brother, didn't you hear what the Master said? It would take a hundred lifetimes for you to find God. And the devil just said, Brothers, didn't you hear what the Master said? He said, I would find God. Who cares how long it will take? And at that time, Chaitanya came out, and he just touched the Devotee on the forehead. Immediately, he experienced oneness with God, and Chaitanya said, I wanted to show you the true measure of a devotee. He didn't care how long it would take. He was satisfied to know that God would come. But then, there is another level that we need to understand that the world of spiritual richness is not separated from the world of materials uh, support. Let's use that word. Because if we say, Lord, I only want what you have to give me. I have no ego thwarting what your will is for my life. You will find all your needs, all your needs, are abundantly supplied. Maybe not all your wants, but all your needs. That you don't have to worry. That the Guru is looking after you, moment by moment. This is true. <coughs> and there's another beautiful story of the devotee. Master tells this story. It's in the beautiful book that Sandita publishes, The Essence of Self-Realization, Master tells him there. It was a devotee who was diagnosed with very advanced diabetes. And the doctors gave him but a few months to live. And he said, if I have a few months, I will use this time entirely in my devotional practices, but his diabetes was so advanced that he couldn't sit. His body was in pain. So he would meditate at first five minutes, ten minutes, and then he would have to get up. But he kept with his devotion. And time went by. More than three months went by. And as the time went by, he was able to sit in devotion longer and longer. Months went by. Years most of his waking hours he was sitting in devotion in absorption of his love for God magnetically offering himself and finally one day the Lord appeared to him as light filling his consciousness filling his body and he looked and he realized that his body was healed it was completely well and he prayed and he said, Lord, I didn't ask you to heal me. And a voice from everywhere said, My child, where my light is, no darkness can be. And the man sat, and he just—he was sitting on the beach, and he wrote in the sand, he came into this broken temple. And so remember... <laughs> In our devotion, in our magnetism, God knows what we need. He will provide it. We don't have to run after it. In fact, if we do run after it, it will always elude us. But in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a beautiful section where it talks about the wise man sees inaction, in action, and sees in in action, true action, action, of sitting in the stillness of the soul, that true action takes place. Action, Master spoke of action, fruits of action without, without action. Fruits of action without action. So if we understand the highest action we can perform in life is to love God and to magnetically call Him. And if we can do that, everything else will be fulfilled. God did not bring us into this world to suffer, but we do suffer if we are attached to the things of the world. But if we only say, Lord, all I want is to feel your presence with me, then we live in a a world, an inner, as Master said, a portable paradise dwells in the heart of that person who understands that the highest action is to love God, to think of God, to magnetically call Him door of my heart open wide I keep for thee
0: so we'll now have a period for questions and answers so that we can have more of an interactive exchange so I'll go to the first question
1: We have seen, Swamiji mentioned in the biography of Yogi, that many times, when somebody was ill, Swamiji, in a moment, just put his eyes, in his eyes, his eyes, and he was cured. Is it possible to cure any
0: disease like this? Okay, I'll repeat the question. Uh, He was saying that in uh, the autobiography or or Swami's biography, he mentioned that uh, sometimes you can cure a disease instantaneously. It really depends. Yes, you can. The answer to that is yes, you can. But it depends on a couple of things. One, it depends on the power of your faith so that And this isn't always under control of just the conscious mind. And so you can't just convince your conscious mind, because the conscious mind is like the tip of an iceberg. And underneath the iceberg is the other 80% of that iceberg is under the water. So you can't just convince the tip of that iceberg that, oh, there's no water around here the whole of your consciousness has to be aligned with that. But, having said that, see, we are all made in the image of God. We're all made in perfect health. We're all made disease-free. And so, we may have a karma of disease comes from a couple of sources. First of all, it comes from acting outside of the laws of health in past lives. And so that creates the karma to not have a healthy body in this life. So it comes from that. But that manifests first on the mental level, on the causal plane. So there's a manifestation on the causal plane of illness that gets reflected on the phys- uh, on the energy body, the astral body as energy and that comes into the physical body as physical disease and so if the powerful current of knowing that we're one with God that God is filled within us if that current is powerful enough it just evaporates those the, the outward expression of being out of tune so yes a cure is possible instantaneously but the faith and beyond faith it's the knowledge that we're made in God's image has to be there and then, then everything can dissolve quickly if it's partially there then it has to be worked out in other
1: ways we heard a wonderful true story from a good friend of ours in Pune who, he and his family were direct disciples of Ma, And our friend uh, told us this story that as a young boy, he was about 14, he contracted very, very bad dysentery, and he was in the hospital, and the doctor said there really isn't hope. There's no hope for him. He, he's too weak, he's lost too much life, strength and then Ananda, my mom, came into the hospital room this great woman saint mentioned in autobiography of a yogi and she walked over to him and she said and they were, they were deep disciples she said I can help you but you need to laugh and smile and he said, mom, how can I smile, I am so weak I'm so, uh, I'm dying. And she said, I can't help you if you don't smile. And so he told us with all of this strength, he very had a little smile as best he could and then she went and she said good. And then she went and she began rubbing her hands on his body and putting energy he was completely healed in a day. But Interesting that she said, I can't help you if you don't uplift your energy. That's what the smiling was about. It wasn't that it was a happy time, but when, if we want God's grace, we have to reach out for it. We can't just be passive and say, Guruji, you heal me. Mock said, I can't heal you unless you lift your energy. And then she was able to.
0: There's also a very important point here, and that's that the real healing takes place by grace. We just have to align ourselves and cooperate with that grace, but we don't heal ourselves. Okay. Any other? Uh, thanks, uh, thanks a lot. Always a blessing to have you here. Uh, the question is, as we have talked about spiritual magnetism, including uh, technically in the direction of current that it flows besides them and so then So when we have a force, we have good qualities and we have a good fire. But at times it happens that we know that what, what we do not have to create in terms of doing a word. And we cannot really consciously practice in our lives. As Jura said that jana mi dharma mraja me prabhurti jana ma dharma So I know the rightest power, I don't have tendency towards it. And I know what is wrong, but I have a tendency towards it, natural tendency. So what shall we do in that? Okay, the essence of the question is what do we do when we know that we want something but our energy to achieve that uh, spiritually is is weak? This happens to even great saints. One of the great saints in Christianity, St. Paul, uh, prayed, Lord, make me a saint, but not yet. (laughs) And isn't that true of a lot of us? <laughs> Lord, I want only the sword. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what that means is that these two opposing poles are, are both strong and both balanced. And sometimes we're going to lose the battle. You know, in the, in Gita... The Pandavas didn't win every day. They didn't go out and, and just show up on the battlefield and the enemy ran away. They had to fight, and so they had to do the best they could, and in these circumstances, we have to do the best we can, even though there are these opposing pulls. But even trying to resist the downward pull creates more magnetism. So, Swamiji said sometimes we're pulled into actions or desires that we know aren't good for us. He said, then at least mentally try to resist. You know, if, if you were a diabetic, you know that you shouldn't eat sugar, but you have, a, somebody presents a dessert, you have a strong desire for it, you start to eat at least mentally Resist, saying, "I know I shouldn't, but my will isn't strong enough." But please, Lord, help me, even though I'm eating this (laughs) cake.
1: And a lot of it depends on what you identify with, which part of yourself you identify. We all, as Jatish was saying, we all are complex beings. And the battle of Kurukshetra is an eternal battle that each one of us fights every day. But it's just, who do you identify with? Do you say, I am a strong warrior for the Kauravas, or I am a weak warrior for the Pandavas? Identify yourself, at least, with the right side of the battle, even if it's not entirely with all your commitment. And so identify. That's who I am. I'm not there yet. There's a t-shirt that I've seen people wearing that says, be patient with me. God isn't done with me yet. (laughs) (laughs) And so we need to say that about ourselves. God, be patient. I haven't yet finished this battle for you. But no guilt. Don't blame yourself. If you fall, if you make a mistake, if you eat that big cake, just say, tomorrow I will do that. And then you just keep aligning and identifying, not with your faults, but with your aspirations. And someday you look at those faults and you say, I can't believe it even bothered me. So it's grace of God and our own commitment bring transformation and success. I want to add
0: One more point that's very important, and that's the power of satsang. Associating with others who have the positive magnetism that you're trying to develop. That's why it's so important for all of you, all of us, that we have each other. Because all of us at times, our will becomes a little bit weak, our commitment becomes feeble but if we're around positive magnetism of other people and the Master said that after the, the blessings of the Guru the grace of the Guru the second most important influence is Satsang, the association with others seeking and having that upward magnetism Okay, there was a question in the back One, the last
1: question All Right,
0: this will be the last question everything has come from unity and from nothingness and all of our spiritual work is to merge back into the unity and that's been the work of all the masters as well. Then why was separation created in the first (laughs) place? Okay, now that's the big question. (laughs) Yeah, he says if everything came from unity, if our energy is to move back into that unity why was separation created in the first place as I think probably every sincere devotee has asked that same question and there are various answers to it one is that's too big of a question for you (laughs) if you have to ask that question you won't understand the answer and that applies to me too I'm not not pointing the finger at you so why did God create the universe why did he create this drama in the Gita it says it's the dance of Shiva the dance of uh, uh, Lila the, the play of God Swami Kriyananda had a beautiful explanation of it he said that God is joy Ananda, but the Ananda part of that. He said it is the very nature of joy to want to share with others. And so God had to create others, make them think that they did not have joy, so that he could share joy with them. And so it's God's Leela, it's the sharing of joy, and it lasts for a little while. Why do we dream at night? Why do we create a world of pleasure and pain, suffering aspiration at night? Who knows? We kind of enjoy it, but we wake up in the morning and that dream doesn't have power over us, isn't it, right? Same Same with this dream of God's. Someday we will wake up and what Master said is that when we do wake up, we are so delighted with the whole drama. It was such a wonderful movie that we were watching. At the time we were watching, we were identified with it. But once we wake up, we say, Oh, well done, Lord. Well done. (laughs)
1: I'll share some thoughts as well. It's a wonderful question. It's at the heart of all spiritual seeking. Why? Why am I separated from you, Lord. Well, there's, I think, a friend of me. Well, of mine, once was young on the path, I was on the spiritual path a few years, and I was going through a kind of a dark time, kind of discouraged and despairing. There was an older gentleman who was a, a mentor to us, and I said, why did God make it so hard? Why is it all so hard? And he just looked at me, and he'd had a difficult life. He said, there must be some value in the very struggle to uh, on the spiritual path. And so that's one aspect, that we're, by God, separated for us from him, and then we must put out the energy. Just as another boy-ma said, he must smile if you want me to help you. We must put out the energy. It's God's Leelah. But then, the answer that I like the best is that, Master said, God has everything but one thing. He doesn't have our love. And He's not a beggar. He will wait until we consciously return that love to Him. He put the love in our heart, and he said, what will you do with this love? Will you be attracted to the tinsel of the world? or?" And we are, for lifetimes. But then ultimately, we come to the point where we say, enough, enough. And we say, Lord, I will return the love you gave me freely of my own volition and give it to you. And when that happens... End game. And we're done. So said, you figured it out. Come home. And that's the end. I think we have to stop now. We're
0: Yeah, we'll end the broadcast and then we'll do an art.